Grace. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Matt. And good morning, everybody. Today is EQ2, and I'm very excited to be sharing this with you today. EQ2 is all about Jesus. It is about unlocking essential habits that every believer needs to become a passionate follower of Jesus. And if you are on the other side of this screen today, I know that that is your desire to be a passionate follower of Jesus. Otherwise, you wouldn't be joining us this morning. So today is all about us finding out what those habits are and unlocking them in our lives. So we're gonna jump right in. And the question is, how do we deepen our relationship with Jesus? Well, first things first, we must realize who Jesus is. You see, we have God and God is Father. God is the one who rules and reigns over all. And God is a beloved son and his name is Jesus. He is the second part of the Godhead. There is three parts to it. That is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. We're gonna speak about the Holy Spirit a bit later, but this first part today is all about Jesus, his son. Jesus is the Word. He is the living Word. He is the living expression of God. He's the one who was present at the making of creation, the one who was the redemptive plan of God before the world was even made. Jesus came to earth as God in the form of a man, and he lived a sinless life, going to the cross for the sins of mankind, and then being buried and raising again three days later. And then he ascended into heaven, and that's where he sits and rules and reigns victorious. That's who Jesus is this morning. Jesus declared this about himself in the book of John 14, 16. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. When we think about Jesus today, we have to realize he is the one and only way to the Father. And when we see him and see who he is, our natural response is to move closer to him. Who wouldn't want to move closer to the one who gave his all so that we could have life, so that we could have perfect relationship with God here in this life and then in eternity? So we're going to talk about the ways we get closer to Jesus. And the very first way we do that is prayer. Like any relationship, you have to spend time with someone to get to know them, right? And prayer is just our way of communicating with God. It's the fancy word we give to two-way communication. You see, we speak and God listens, but then God speaks and we listen. You see, the thing about a relationship with God is you never have to wonder if he's listening to you. I mean, if I'm honest, sometimes I'll talk and think no one in my house hears. But God's always listening to us. In the book of Jeremiah, he says, call to me and I will answer you. And then in Isaiah, he even takes it a step further and says, before they call to me, I will answer them. Before they even speak, I hear what they're going to say. That's how attentive God is to us and to our every word, to our every prayer today. Prayer is simply two-way communication with God. We can be on our own when we pray, in our bedroom, in our car, in the shower, on a beach, on a hillside, anywhere. It's good to take our cues from Jesus when we pray. Jesus showed us that there are times when you just have to remove yourself from all the distractions and be with just you and God and pray. And then there are times when we pray together with others. We pray with family or with friends or within the church. And then you pray whenever the opportunity arises. 
You see, it's always a good time to pray. Prayer is so important that Jesus' first followers decided to ask him about it. They said, Jesus, can you teach us to pray? Like, how do we do this? And the awesome thing about Jesus is when you ask him a question, he answers. And he usually makes it simple for us too. And this is what he told his followers in Matthew chapter 6. You can check it out on your own time, but I'm going to give you a little paraphrase here. The first thing he said is, don't pray up in front of others just to be seen. Prayer is not a show. He said, you don't need to use big, long words and sentences. Like there's no special language when you pray. Just speak. Don't use big, meaningless words. Like just speak to me. Speak your heart to me. That's what I want to hear. He also said, pray. So God is the one who sees you. We're going to pick it up in Matthew 6, verse 9 here. And Jesus says this. He gives some really specific instructions on how to pray. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, may your holy name be honoured. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Forgive the wrongs we have done and forgive the wrongs others have done to us. Do not bring us into hard testing, but keep us safe from the evil one. In these few verses, Jesus teaches us how to pray how to P-R-A-Y, pray. He teaches us to praise, praise God, acknowledge him, tell him how good he is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, honoured be your name. Then he teaches us to repent. If we've done anything wrong that's breaking our connection with God, ask for forgiveness. And if anyone's done anything wrong to you that's causing your heart to just be hardened, then extend forgiveness to them. P and R, praise and repent. Then ask. Ask for what you need, ask for what others need, and then yield. Give yourself over to God. God, whatever your will is, let it be done. Jesus teaches us to P-R-A-Y. See, when you ask Jesus, he answers, and it's always simple. The next way that we can deepen our relationship with Jesus is through the Bible. Now, the Bible is God's word to us. It is his message to humanity on how much he loves us. Reading the Bible helps us to get to know Jesus. And the great thing about it is it's a living word. So he speaks to us when we read it. Now the Bible can simply be read, but its real power is in its application. I mean, how would our lives change if we dared to do what it actually asks us to do? It doesn't have to be a big scary book that we think we cannot understand. Firstly, there are so many translations available. You'll be able to find one you can read. I personally love my student Bible. I still haven't parted with it. It was the very first Bible I got when I became a Christian a very long time ago, and I still love reading it. So you can find a translation that works for you. But aside from that, God doesn't just give us the book and go, well, hey, work it out. He gives us a helper and that's the Holy Spirit. You can ask him to help you when you read the Bible and he will show you the meaning in and around the words inside the pages. So don't read it alone. Ask him to help you as you read. When it comes to the Bible, there are four things that can be really helpful to us as we're deepening our relationship with Jesus. Firstly, read it. Then study it. Then talk about it. And lastly, memorize it. Now, I'm not saying you all need to go to Bible college. Studying it simply means looking at 
the, the context that, that it was set in. Who was this part of the Bible written to? What was God saying to those people? And how can I apply it to my life today? Talk about it with others because it's in community that we start to unlock keys and truths that we just never could get on our own and memorize it. Commit it to memory, not so you're a walking talk or talking Bible bank, but commit it to memory because having the word stored up inside our hearts strengthens us as believers in Jesus. In Psalm 119 verse 11, the psalmist writes, I have stored your word up in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you commit God's word to memory, you're stronger in your faith. You have the right answers and the right words to bring when life tries to throw tricky things your way. And not only can you speak and declare truth into your own life, but as people come alongside you who are looking for hope and answers, you can share truth with them. So when it comes to the Bible, you remember to read it, study it, talk about it, and memorize it. The next step in deepening our relationship with Jesus is praise and worship. Now, although singing and music like we did earlier today make up a large expression of our worship to God, it is more than that. In fact, worship is more than a song. It is a lifestyle. Worship is reverence offered to God. It is respect, love and honour. It is the act of bowing down before him. And praise is to ascribe worth, to acknowledge him, to commend him and to applaud him. The beautiful thing about praise and worship is that they work together. One leads to the other. You see, when we start to think about who God is and all that he has done, how can we not fall before him and worship him? And the longer we spend in awe and reverence towards him, we just are reminded of how great he is and all the amazing things he has done. And again, we find ourselves praising him for his goodness. Although they're different, they work hand in hand and one leads to the other. Scripture encourages us to be vocal and active in our praise and worship of God. Psalm 717 says, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of God most high. This is just one, would you believe, of over 250 examples in the Bible of praise and worship. Now, King David danced so hard celebrating God that his clothes fell off while he was praising. Now I suggest we have a little way to go before we are having our clothes fall off while we praise God. But what we can take from this is that it's not about us. It is not about us looking the part when we worship God. It is not about us performing or putting on our praise or worship voice. It is about being undignified before the one who gave everything for us. It is about loving him because he is worthy. And praise and worship is never about how we feel and never about our circumstances. It's always about an unchanging God. And he is the same and he is worthy of praise yesterday, today and forever. And that is how we come to him because he is worthy. Praise and worship are an essential habit to deepening your relationship with Jesus. And the thing about praise and worship is that as you establish this habit in your life, that's when it overflows into other areas of your life. And that's what we mean by worship being a lifestyle. You see, when you live a life yielded towards God and in worship towards him, 
Everything you do and everything you have becomes an act of worship. So your marriage, your parenting, your adulting, the use of your gifts and your talents and your resources, all of those things become acts of worship towards God when you do them heavenward, when you do them to give him glory. So we're going to talk a little more about this now and how developing some habits in our life lean towards worship with God. The first thing we're going to talk about is relationship and others. Now, God has designed us to be in relationship. Now, before all the introverts out there watching, aka me, want to crawl into a little hole and hide, just hear me out for a second. God created Adam and then he said it's not good for him to be alone. So he made Eve. And then God hung out with the two of them. God does not want us to be alone because he knows how important it is for us to be in community together. And see, the great thing about this is that by being in community with others, by loving others well, we are actually loving God well because it's part of his design for our lives. Now, here at MCC, one of our core values is to love God and to love people. Now, we'd love to say that was our idea first, but unfortunately, it was God's idea first. You see, the thing about this is Jesus, while he walked the earth, told us that there were two great commandments. The first one was to love God, and the second one was to love people the way that he does. In John 13, 34, Jesus says, So now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other the way I have loved you. That's how you should love each other. When we love others well, it simply means share. It simply means extend kindness. It means ex extend to others the unreserved forgiveness and grace God extended to you. That's what loving others well means. Now, I know it's not always easy because I know I'm not always lovable. And I bet you might not always be all that lovable too. But see, the thing is, when we can lean into the love of God and allow God to love all the parts of us, even the bits we'd rather hide from him, when we just open and expose our heart and allow his love inside of us, then it actually gives us the ability to love those things in others. That's when we love the way God does. It's not of our own. It's of the love that he pours into us that we can give to others. God will help you to love others the way he loves you. He's so good like that. Now, the next part about of building habits in our lives that help us to worship God is in our giving. So we talked about worship being a lifestyle and using all that we have to worship God and love God. And this also comes into our material resources. So we're going to talk for a minute about tithes and offerings. Specifically, this is financial giving. Now, at MCC, we believe that the top competitor for our devotion to Jesus is money. You can check out Matthew 6, 24 for that. Jesus himself says we can't love both God and money. Now, money is not bad. Money is essential for life. We need it. But you see, when we love money, when we put it before the place of God in our life, that's where we have a problem. And what God is always interested in is the state of our heart, never the size of our bank account. When we can give to God and give of our finances first before we give to anything else, that demonstrates to God that he is much more important to us than our material things in life. So when you're around church circles, you'll often hear giving referred to as tithe or offering. So we're going to just break down those, tithe, those concepts a little today. The first one is tithe. 
tithe simply means a tenth. So a tithe would be your first 10 per cent of your income, and it's given back into the local church. Now, tithing is a principle that's taught right throughout the Bible, and when we tithe, we're expressing worship in a tangible way. God, here it is before you. I give you my first 10 per cent. When we bring our tithes, it's an opportunity for us to give God our thanks and show him we trust him and fight against greed in our heart, all while we are part of the most important work in life, which is spreading the good news of Jesus. Our church is a great church and a generous church, and our oversight and teams prayerfully consider where to sow the resources that you faithfully give into the church. We don't just go, oh, hey, we want this and go buy it. No, we go, how can we build the families and individuals within these walls? How can we take the message of the love of Jesus outside of these walls and impact our community? That is where your tithe and your offering goes when you give to MCC. Now, if you want to know more about tithing and what the Bible has to say about it, these scriptures on your screen are the ones you want to check out. So screenshot it or come back to this message later. But this is where you want to look if you want to say, hey, what's she talking about? This is where you'll find more information on tithes and offerings. Now, on that note, offerings, what are they? Offerings are what you give over and above the 10% tithe. There is no set amount because it is totally about your heart and where you feel to give. Now, offerings can be given to a special project within the life of the church, such as our Let's Build This Fund, or it might be a specific charity or mission that you want to support. Now, the thing about all giving is that it has to come from a place of joy. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 9 verses 6 and 7. God loves a cheerful giver. So whatever you decide to give in your heart, give because you want to, not because you have to. There's no one twisting your arm. It is about you saying, Jesus, I want to put you first. I want to be obedient in this area. Would you help me to be able to give? And, and when you do, I just, just trust me, everything God says about giving is true. He will bless us where we choose to sow and to give, and he will bless the areas where we choose to sow those seeds. Why give? Because we can. Everyone has something to give. If there's anything the Bible's taught us, it's that it doesn't matter if you've got tons to give or a very little bit to give. God looks at your heart. So everyone has something to give. Why give? Because God asks us to. Why give? Because giving allows us to take on one of the natures of God, and no one is more generous than him. And why give? Because here at MCC, we believe Christians should be the most generous people on the planet, and there is no greater cause than God's kingdom, which grows and expands through who? Through you and me, through the local church. That's why we give. Now, the last aspect of growing habits in our lives that are essential to deepening our relationship with God is evangelism. Now, I bet you're thinking, what has that got to do with getting closer to Jesus? Well, look, the best testimony always comes from someone who has first-hand experience, right? That's why when something goes wrong and the police need to get onto the scene, they go for the first-hand witnesses. They want to know who saw what happened. So imagine this in a good context. Someone wants to know about Jesus. They're going to go to the people who have first-hand experience with him. That's how evangelism comes into the scene here. You see, Jesus, before he left the earth in the book of Acts, he says to his followers, 
Be my witnesses on the earth. Tell people about your experience with me. And then he says in, earlier in the book of Matthew, he said, go and make disciples in the world and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants us to talk with people about what he's doing in our lives. He doesn't want us all to necessarily go and stand out on a street corner with a megaphone and shout it out. But what he's saying is, hey, as the opportunity arises in your everyday life, share with people the good things I am doing in your life and then extend that invitation to them because everybody needs a little more hope. Everybody needs a little more love. Everybody needs a miracle. And the one who brings that is Jesus. A byproduct of a deepening relationship with Jesus is that you share with others about what he is doing in your life. That's simply what evangelism is. It's not, some, it's not a way to coerce people into believing. It is simply loving people and sharing with them what God is doing in you, because that is real life stuff. That is something that no one can change because it's real and active in your life. So for some of us, it is gonna mean traveling the world and going around places and sharing the gospel but for some of us, it's going to mean this world here where we live, where so many nations are represented because we live in an amazing multicultural city. It's going to mean go and make disciples of those people. Go and be witnesses to those people. Go and share about how good God is to those people. So we're going to do a quick recap here of EQ2 Part 1. Ways that we deepen our relationship with Jesus are Prayer, remember P-R-A-Y, that's what Jesus taught us to do. Reading the Bible and studying it and memorizing it and talking about it. Praise and worship, one leads to the other. Relationship with others, we love God and we love people. Tithe and offering, we give to God so that the kingdom of God can be expanded. And evangelism, we are witnesses on the earth to Jesus. Now, I'm going to pray in a moment, and then after I do, we're going to take a really quick break, and then we're going to be back with EQ2 Part 2 on the other side. But as we come to pray now, I just want you to think about these areas we've been discussing, because no matter if you are just starting your journey with Jesus, or you have been walking with him for many years, or you're just checking this thing out going, God, I don't know if you're real yet, but I want to kind of get to know if you are, then I bet there's at least one of these areas where you know you could deepen your relationship with Jesus. It might be that you're going to commit to, hey, I'm going to wake up each morning and I'm going to spend the first two minutes of my day in prayer. I'm going to connect to God before I get busy. Or it might be, hey, I'm going to deliberately set aside four minutes a day, turn on a worship song and start praising Jesus. Or, hey, I'm going to sit down on payday and actually give 10% to God first before I start paying my bills or working out how many coffees I'm going to have this week. Whatever it is, there is something on that list where your heart is tugging right now where you go, I know that I could deepen this area of my relationship with Jesus. So right now, as you're thinking through that list, and you can still see it on your screen, I want you just to take out your phone or a notebook, however you work, and pop a reminder in your phone or jot down on a post-it and pop it up on your fridge, because tomorrow morning you're going to wake up and forget about this. But when you've got a reminder that's going to bounce on your phone saying, time to pray, time to pray, or hey, 
paydays coming need to tithe. Something, something needs to remind you and be, be a commitment in this moment that you'll say, yes, I will do this, God. So as you're doing that, I'm just going to pray and then we're going to throw to a quick video and see you in a moment. So Father, I thank you that you love us so much and you make getting to know you so easy. It's not a mystery, God. You are not an unknown God to us. You are close and you want us to get even closer to you and deepen our relationship with you. So I pray for every person watching today as they make a commitment in this moment that says, God, I want to deepen my relationship with you. God, that you honor that and that you help remind them, Holy Spirit. You help remind them of the commitment they're making in this moment to say yes, I will go deeper with you, Jesus. Amen. We'll see you guys in just a moment.